0: from the capital of raider nation las vegas nevada it's silver and black today your daily dose of all things las vegas raiders football news views guests and your phone calls are all part of the game plan there's only one nation and it listens here now your host scott Gulbranson. Happy Tuesday,
1: everybody. Welcome back to Silver and Black Today, powered by our good friends Sam and Ash, the injury attorneys, 702-820-1234, because you deserve What's right? Skokko Branson back with you, as well as Christopher Chapman, my man on the board, back in the studio, also co-hosting with me when he jumps in. Um, But uh, welcome back. It is, of course, that time of the year where we're waiting for the shoes to drop, right? We're waiting for all this movement within the NFL to start happening. Of course, the new year for the NFL starts almost a month from today. And there's certainly a lot of uncertainty around what the Raiders are going to do. they got to clear some cap space for uh, some acquisitions, you would imagine. Clearly, the conversation amongst Raider Nation out there is around the defense, number one. And so what are they going to do? I've said all along, I believe, free agents or maybe trades, they need to do something to bolster the uh, defensive line and also uh, get some help on the back end and I don't think that that's all going to come from the draft I don't think it should I think you have young players you've already devoted a lot of draft capital to guys like Trayvon Mullen Damon Arnett Jonathan Abram you have those guys you went out you signed two linebackers last year and Nick Quitkowski and of course Corey Littleton so you have you have a, a mostly young defense. Of course, up front, Cleveland Furl still there developing. I thought he had a better year. Does he need to get better? Absolutely. The Carl Nassib signing is what it is. Uh, Malik Collins didn't work out. You did bring in a veteran last year, but it didn't it didn't happen for him. So now you need help. Max Crosby needs help. I think Max Crosby's a good NFL player. I think he's going to continue to get better. But they didn't have help at the end. They couldn't rush the foot. They couldn't rush the quarterback last year. So you got to go out and do that. And I think free agency is the way to do it. Uh, And then I think you got to look at linebacker, too. And, And I tell you, my guy, Jeremiah Owosu Koromoa from Notre Dame, I think that's the guy. I really believe that. If the Raiders stay pat at number 17, that's what I think you do. I think you go get him. I don't know if you guys have watched him play. He is a thumper. He is fast sideline to sideline. He also can rush up the middle. He's quick. If you saw him play at Notre Dame this year, especially he uh, that Clemson game was a great game. Go back and watch the first Clemson game, not the second one. <laughs> the first one, man, that kid showed out. I mean, he was he was on fire and he he can hit hard. He has kind of, I think, that Raider in him. And I think he would be a great addition. So that's my guy. I, I, that's who I would go with. Pay, I think, will be gone. So if you're thinking defensive end, uh, otherwise, defensive end, defensive tackles, there's good ones in the draft, but they're not first-rounders, per se. Um, now, the Raiders, in my view, have overdrafted before. They've taken guys before. They could have probably gotten in the second round. If you love a guy, you love a guy. I get that. But to me, I would address it in free agency, get... Owosu Koromoa at 17, bolster that lineup. Koromoa also can drop back and play box safety. So he's kind of one of those hybrid guys, but he, first a linebacker who can rush, and I like that too. But I want to hear what you guys have to say. Um, not a ton going on in Raider land here as far as moves go yet. We'll talk, I know this week, a lot about Marcus Mariota. I have a couple guests on tomorrow, including one we'll talk about specifically about Marcus Mariota, And the Raiders moving him, which is not as easy as you guys all think. I see a lot of Raider Nation in social media saying, well, when we trade him, when we trade him, when we trade him, it's not so easy. Not only because of the contract situation, but other things too, right? So you got to look at those and see what happens. All the other quarterbacks that are out there are moving around. Of course, at this hour, reports are indicating that Carson Wentz and the Bears is getting closer but that Carson Wentz rather go to the Indianapolis Colts. But he doesn't have a say. So in this case, uh, if Wentz ends up on the Bears, then you look at what's going on in Indy. They, got a, they need a quarterback. Denver is, seems to be wanting to look at a quarterback. But the Sean Watson situation in Houston isn't changing. They continue to hold fast that they're not going to trade him. And I tend to believe them. Now, how that all goes down with holding out and all that kind of stuff, uh, it's not that easy too for Deshaun Watson. If he holds out, he can lose guarantees um, and a bunch of different stuff uh, that would cost him significantly. Um, it, you know, losing some of those contract guarantees are, is not a good move. So, I anticipate Deshaun Watson will be back in Houston, unless some somebody just throws something at them they can't refuse. Of course, we still hear the talk about Miami. Would Tua be part of that? Would Tua fit in Houston? I don't know. But Indy needs a quarterback. Denver's looking to upgrade a quarterback. San Francisco needs a quarterback. They were in on the Stafford stuff. Didn't work out. Will uh, Jimmy Garoppolo come back? They might be stuck with him. I don't know. He hasn't been able to stay on the field after being a pass away from the Super Bowl two years ago, winning the Super Bowl two years ago against the Chiefs. So we'll see what, that, what, what all happens. But I want to hear what you guys in Raider Nation have to think about what this team needs to do. The more and more I think about it, the more and more I get concerned about the defense and every show I mention this and I will continue to do so. Cause I believe it. I think you also have to worry about the offensive line. Cause you don't know. I think they're going to be more apt to keep Trent Brown because you have so much uncertainty there. And, and what are you going to be able to do? Are you going to be able to go get a guy in the draft a tackle? Maybe again, offensive tackles in this draft. There's good ones, not great ones. Okay. There's a couple at the top of the first round, and that's it. And then you're looking at second or third round, which isn't terrible, but you know it's not like you have a game-changer uh, up in the first round. So we'll have to see what happens with that. So there's a lot of unanswered questions, a lot to talk about, despite the lack of news. Uh, on today's show at 2.30, as he does every Tuesday, my good friend Jesse Merrick from News 3 Las Vegas will be with us. We'll talk to him a little bit about this uncertainty heading into what is now going to be player movement season, and then, of course, the draft coming up in just a couple months at the end of April and what the Raiders might do. We'll also talk to Jesse about Golden Knights hockey. The Golden Knights are having a great start, 10-2-1, and and they're showing diversity. And when I say diversity, I'm talking about how they play. They're they're doing a great job of of, of batting down the hatches and playing defense uh, when they need to. They're playing uh, good, solid hockey around. All around. And when they need to amp it up and get fast, they're able to do it. They're playing different styles of hockey, which has been trouble for them in the past. But now they continue to get better. And you look at that lineup uh, breaking news at this hour Too Shea Theodore is due back tonight as they face the Avalanche and the Avalanche and the Golden Knights are playing four games in a row which could be a really a preview of the playoffs. Cause both these teams are at the top of the list as far as being favored to win the Stanley cup this season. So we'll talk to Jesse about a little hockey as well. We'll also talk to you guys about everything going on to Raider nation, including uh, this time of the year when it gets slow, there's more and more infighting in Raider nation, at least in social media. <laughs> and It blows my mind uh, that people go crazy on each other because Man, you, know, you look at the fan base and you think, wow, this is a great, great loyal fan base. But you guys have such differing views on players and the direction of the franchise. So we can talk about that as well. Again, the number to get on the phone and get on the air is 702-365-9200. Before I get to the first caller, Chris Chapman back in the studio. I want to say congratulations to Chris because his wife is finally going to get here. Chris, right?
0: Yeah, I uh, if if I try to turn my mic on and it works it'd yeah. be great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but no, so so for the listeners who miss it because I know we talked about it a while ago, but Chris's wife has been in Japan, she's Japanese and she's not been able to come because of the whole COVID thing and then of course the whole ridiculousness that is uh immigration and all that stuff to get here uh even though she's married to you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but when it when she's due back next month, right? Uh yeah, we we she had her interview on Thursday of last week with uh right. the US Embassy in Tokyo and everything went smooth. Actually, it was funny when the guy asked her what I do for a living and she told him my work in sports radio. She said he got really, really excited because he thought it was cool. So, uh, nice. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, actually three weeks from today, she'll be here. So I will be a very, very, uh, relieved and happy guy in about three weeks.
1: Well, I know I speak for all of us, man. We're happy for you. It's a, it's it's about time. It's been a it's been a strange, tough time, I know for you. Yeah. But to finally get her here is uh fantastic and uh we
0: can't wait to, to meet her. So yeah, I appreciate right? it. And I think, you know, it's funny. She does not have a favorite football team, so I'm oh. guessing uh she will root for the local team.
1: Yeah, you're not going to pass on the Jets disease.
0: No, anytime. no, no. You know, it's funny. My my <laughs> son was like he he watched about three seasons of Mark Sanchez and he was like, Dad, this guy stinks. I don't want to be a Jets fan. <laughs> but he picked the Bears. The Bears aren't much better, oh. but at, at least uh they have they have a solid team and they were in the playoffs this year, so Well,
1: I'll tell you what, and that's the thing with Carson Wentz. If they get Carson Wentz and Carson Wentz can be what he used to be, then that team's got a shot. Oh yeah. With really yeah. well, that defense, the defense is so good.
0: Oh, they're 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 fun to watch defensively. Yeah. But they they unfortunately for them they just can't keep up with Green Bay and of course Green Bay with a big signing today as well. So uh they, they yes. get a little bit better. Yes, JJ Watt is going home, right? Yeah. So, Man, good for him. You know, I I, I yeah. think for any player, like I look at Javen White the opportunity to play in a city that you call home is is always a good thing. And being being able to play for the team you grew up following, right? Like Derek Carr grew up a Raiders fan. It's great that he's playing for the Raiders. He's a quarterback of the Raiders. And I think that's that's for, for football players. It's got to be a really cool feeling to be able to play for your hometown team or the team you grew up supporting. Yeah,
1: there's no doubt. And, and, and for him, too, I mean, J.J. Watt, what's not to like about J.J. Watt? I mean, what he did in Houston when they had the floods and all that stuff after the
0: hurricane. Oh, such a likable um, guy.
1: Yeah, I mean he's he's always a finalist for the Walter Payton Award and and has done so much for the community down there, and for him to be able to go to a spot where he's got a chance to win a ring, is huge. You know, yeah, that's that. I, I when you look at players like that and they're very loyal to their teams, but then as they get towards the end of their career and with the mess that is the Houston Texans, it's great for him to get be able to get uh, back
0: to Green Bay. Why would any player that. want to play for the Texans right now? I don't know, man. It's I mean, that's – <laughs> listen, there, there's there's bad organizations. There's teams that aren't winning. But when you combine bad ownership, bad front office with not winning, nobody nobody wants to be there. And yeah. it doesn't seem like they're going to be able to get it turned around very quickly. So hopefully they're able to move Watson and, and get some things in return because he's such an exciting player. I think it's, it'd be good for him to, to get out of there. And, and you know, it's funny you mentioned Houston. I actually have a friend down there, and she has been without power now for the last 24 hours because of wow. all the, the storms that are going. It was three degrees in Houston today.
1: Three. That's insane. And I know, and I, I just uh, for, for those of you out there, of course, uh, my former co-host here, Q Myers – Who, By the way, I had a couple tweets today about where's Q, what happened to Q, and nothing bad happened to Q. Q's show time in Texas, because he also does show on the Fox Sports Station in Texas, got changed, so it it runs at the exact same time as Silver and Black today. So Q's still part of the team, so to speak, when he can be, Um, but I, I was talking to him, they're still without power too, so him and his family stuck in the house with no power. Um,
0: and it's freezing. I mean, it's just terrible. Yeah, that's what's going on. They're down not there. used to that down there. You know, even no. I mean, for us, it's like we laugh about it, right? And it, it for us, cold is like, oh, it was it was thirty two degrees tonight when I went out to walk the dog, and it's like, yeah, uh, you're from Chicago. I grew up in the Northeast. It gets cold, but when you're not used to it, like if Vegas ever got down that cold, yikes!
1: Yeah, not only that, but then um, you have the situation where it's colder in Texas than it is in Alaska in Anchorage. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's unprecedented. And after what we all went through last year, and now you see what's going on with the country. So a big shout out to all of Raider Nation in any of those affected areas, please be careful. And if you can get help, um, especially with heat, or if you're not able to get out cause of food or whatever, you know, make sure you check in with your local authorities about opportunities there. Cause uh, we're concerned about you and we're thinking about you out here in Las Vegas. And I won't talk about the weather here cause uh, that wouldn't be fun. That wouldn't be nice for you, but nonetheless, uh, we're going for. July on and we're gonna talk Raider football, we're gonna talk sports. We're gonna we're gonna cover a whole wide range of stuff uh, as we move forward, Chris and I today. But first we're gonna go out on the phone lines onto the Raider Nation Radio Listener Hotline. It is Raider twenty seven. Raider twenty seven, you're on with Chris and Scott.
2: Hey guys hey tell you what Chris doesn't just work in sports radio. Chris is awesome in sports radio. Oh there we're you lucky go. To have him.
1: He, is. He, um, does. he You don't even know half the stuff this guy does. He's he's so involved on the other stations because Lotus Broadcasting, who, of course, runs Raider Nation Radio, also has the affiliates that run not only UNLV Sports but also the Golden Knights and now the Silver Knights, which is the minor league hockey, and Chris d- does it all, man. So, yes, I would echo that. Thanks for the yeah, shout-out to that. Chris, Raider 27. Um
2: also... I really enjoyed the YouTube thing last night, Scott. You guys did a great job. Um, It was so good to see the old gang back together. You guys, (laughs) when I found you guys, we did the Sunday morning show, and everybody got on there and and fought about Derek Carr and had a great time. And it was, you know, it was a very enjoyable time for me. And it was really good uh, to have you guys back on the air Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, man, it was great.
1: Yeah, and you know what, we I mean for those for those of you on uh, that listen on Raider Nation Radio that didn't listen to us when we were on a different station, we were on Sunday mornings for a couple of years before we moved over to Raider Nation Radio, we would always um, simulcast, so we had video and the radio going at the same time, and that was the plan with Raider Nation Radio too, but because of the pandemic and the fact that we're not in the studio and we got guys all over the country in different places, it was not possible to do it, but that's why we're going to start doing that more and more, so I appreciate that, Raider. 27?
2: Yeah, you know, um, I think building the defense is going to be the most important thing about this off season. You always have other positions. Yes, we could find a, we need to find a tackle, but i got to be, i got to tell you the truth. Um, uh, oh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but anyway, we had a couple tackles that we could get by with. We may keep Trent Brown. Getting to the draft, yeah, I, I think, there's going to be a chance of getting a really, really good linebacker more than getting a really, really good interior lineman in the first round. Mm. I see a bunch of mocks that have um, uh, Michael Parsons from Penn State falling to the Raiders and JOK from Notre Dame. That kid, both either one of those guys, but man, I tell you what, I I watched a little bit of the, uh, that kid from uh, Notre Dame and. That guy can fly. He is so fast. And he's a good player, too. Agile, mobile, and hostile. That's what you want. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, Raider twenty seven, and that's why that's why I'm all on board on him. And 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 truth be told, biases uh, uh, to to be completely transparent, I am a huge Notre Dame football fan, have been since I was a kid. Uh, but but I'm I'm looking at him as far from a need perspective and what he's able to. He is an impact player. I really believe that, and that's what that defense. That defense not only does it need more depth, and obviously, like you said, it needs some guys up on the front line. Uh, but I, I think you go get veterans for that. And you can bring this kid in, and I'm telling you, he brings it, man. And, and, and that hostility and the way he plays, uh, I invite people to go watch the video because I think he would fit in nicely there.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think he's a really, really good player. You're going to probably want to try to pick up a safety, but <coughs> you know the, the thing of it is is when I look through the roster and watch the videos of the player type and body types that – Gus Bradley's defense requires. We're not too far off from having every position that he wants filled, filled. We've got the guys that can play in that 4-3-ender. In fact, Littleton was born to play in that defense. He really didn't do well in a a standard 4-3, but in a 3-4, 4-3-ender, he's going to be great. And most of our linebackers are long and tall and fast, or I mean cornerbacks. You know, so those guys are going to, I think we're w think we could be pretty well set and our defense is so young, I am off for getting some veteran leadership, some guys that really know how to play and preferably have played in that uh, that um cover three type scheme that Gus runs. I I think some veteran leadership will help a lot.
1: Yeah, I do. Great call, Raider27, man. We appreciate you, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you real soon. But I agree with that. And But I have to tell you, I I oscillate. I, I agree with you, and I, I think the glass is definitely more half-full than it is empty. Um, but at the same time, I'm just wondering if they're going to be able to pull that all off in one off season. Um, But I will say this, if they can get out of the offense, what they got last year with more consistency, especially in the red zone, then I would agree with you that they need to get better. And if they start to address some of those positions through the draft and free agency, even if they address really two out of the three that I think they need to, uh, and maybe the third, they're able to just get somebody to kind of fill a gap for a while. That that's a good player, but not a great player. Then I think if the offense can continue to do what it has done, and they can be more consistent, especially down the stretch, because we saw the offense fall off towards the end of the year. If they can do that and be a top-10 offense and get that defense up to, uh, you know, 19, 20-ish range, then absolutely there's a chance there. All right, going back out on the phone lines to Raider Rack. Raider Rack, you're on with Scott and Chris here on Silver and Black today.
3: Hey, Scott, thanks for taking my call.
1: No problem, buddy. Thanks for calling in.
3: Yeah, I was going to um, see how you felt about possibly a trade for Marcus Mariota for uh, Stefan Gilmore. I heard uh, reports huh. that uh, the Patriots might be interested in Mariota.
1: Yeah, I heard that too. Um, and and the, really two teams that we've heard over the weekend, and we, we talked about this on our Sunday night uh, video um, uh, happy hour. We talked about the fact that it's, yeah, the, the Patriots and Washington seem to be the teams most interested. But I do think, yeah, I mean, if you could get stuff on Gilmore, I, I don't know that he is on the market or if they can get him and if they can fit that into what, what plans they have from a salary cap perspective. But I will tell right. you that, yeah, I mean, listen, I, 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 I'm I in agreement with trying to get Marcus Mariota uh, out on a deal. The problem is with the money he makes, um, I'm concerned to whether or not they're going to find somebody because they might just say, hey, you know what? We'll sit back and wait. Uh, and then what are the Raiders going to do? Because the Raiders more than likely...
0: From Stabler to Plunkett and Allen to Jacobs, we've got your Raiders covered on Silver and Black today. Here are your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Q Myers.
1: Welcome back, Silver and Black today. My apologies to Raider Rack. He was on the line and our connection, since I am uh, broadcasting from my home studio, as we have been for the last several months, uh, it just went out. Uh, so that's the way it goes sometimes, but we're back. Thanks for being with us. This is silver and black today. Powered by our good friends, Sam and Ash, the injury attorneys, check them out at Sam and Ash Scott Cobranson, Chris Chapman with you. We're going to go right back on the phone lines. Jesse Merrick coming up in a few minutes here. It is Brian in Henderson. Brian, you're on with Scott and Chris. What's going on, Brian? Hey,
4: what's
2: going
4: on, Scott? Hey, man. Um, glad you're back. All right. Um, Today, because I was talking to Clay and Chris earlier, Chris brought right. up a good point. I like the the linebacker from Notre Dame, but uh, Prince being an ex football player, says the only thing with him though, look, you have to look in front of him. He does well because his front line is very good. Right. So he says, Raider Nation, we know that what that looks like, and that is Little, Littleton. So you you have to – I kind of like more so, instead of going in that direction, more so the defensive tackle from um, Alabama. Barmore. I yep. believe, yeah, he, he's good. I, I like going in that direction. If we can't get um, the DT from, <clears throat> from the Giants,
2: mm-hmm.
4: which, you know, may be possible. And then, you know, go ahead and – And I was so skeptical about maybe getting Richard Sherman. But now I'm thinking about it. If he's going to play safety and he can teach Jonathan Abram, and Jonathan Abram has to really, you know, I would say probably listen to what he has to say. You know, he's an intelligent guy. Mm -hmm. Um, Richard Sherman came from Stanford, from Compton, California, you know. So he knows. He's very intelligent himself. So he can't BS Richard Sherman. And he will take control of that locker room. You know, I don't know how much these guys are going to listen to him because he he may only be there for one year or two. But, I mean, he he is a presence. But only at safety. I don't want him at corner. He's too slow. Um, So just that and the other thing, too, that I brought up was Nate Peterman. I mean, I just – I have nothing against Nate Peterman, but we don't even know what we're going to do with Carr from this year or next year. You know, they were talking about earlier, did you give Carr that extension? And that means him making 30 to $40 million. Is it worth it? You know, where, okay, Nate um, Peterman, you just gave him a million dollars guaranteed or $2 million contract. We have to quit with the games here. Are you going to draft a quarterback? And then if his group's offense is so complicated, you know, to proceed card in the future? Peterman is just holding a clipboard. You know, he's, he's not going to start. Um, and then you're talking about trading Mariota, okay, to get, what, maybe a third or a fourth, a third if you're lucky, okay, but at least he's been in the system for a year, and that wasn't even a full year. He was injured. So it kind of doesn't make sense on the direction that we're going in regards to the quarterback position, because are you going to pay that 30 to 40 if you extend the car? We don't have anybody in line in regards to that. If you drop your quarterback now, okay. Then what?
1: Yeah, no, I hear you, and I, there's a couple things you bring up there. Number one, in a perfect world, yeah, I would hold on to Marcus Mariota, right? But I don't Me think too. they can. Aff- I don't think they can afford him. I mean, eleven point six million with with what they have to do on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and then maybe even what they have to do on the offensive line too a little bit um, with the defense being the priority, I think that's they, it's not a luxury they can probably keep. Now, that said, do I think Nate Peterman is the number two, and are you going to be comfortable with that? I would not be, but for whatever reason, they see something in him to bring him back, and I don't know. I don't see them drafting a young quarterback, and I really believe if you're the Raiders, and I, and I think this is fair to the player and to all of you out there, to the fans, it's like, commit to Carr, uh, and that would mean, yeah, some uh, an extension. Uh, commit to him or don't. Um, I don't think I think they're going to. I think they really are. And I talked to Vinny last week about it right on this air where, I, where he said, yeah, you know what they'll probably end up doing is they will have some gentleman's agreement about an extension. It won't happen this year, per se, on paper, but they'll come to some gentleman's agreement on what they're going to do with him moving forward and commit to him. Because I, I think you're right. I think, look, you're you're, you're going into year eight now. As the quarterback of the Raiders, and and if they if 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 John Gruden and Mike Mayock believe that he is the guy to take you where you need to go, then you might as well put out the money. Uh, but again, you not this year. I think you extend if you extend him, you work on a deal, and maybe it's it, it replaces his final year of his contract, which is next year. Uh, and yeah, the thirty million dollar range isn't that that's the that's the going rate, right? If you look at the quarterbacks in the league and at that top tier uh, of, of where he lands, that's what you're going to have to pay. So so I I think that's the case. And then what do you do for a backup? Do you draft a young guy? Um, That's what most teams would do for for the future. But I don't see we've never seen John Gruden really do that. I hear a lot of the national pundits people I really respect who talk about football on other other uh, networks and in print. And all these guys are really smart and know what they're talking about. And a lot of them think that the Raiders will draft a young quarterback. I just have not seen John Gruden do that where he's developed a young guy. And so my guess is they would probably try to find somebody in free agency to to go behind Derek Carr who they feel could be somebody that's going to cost them a little less, but is a guy you could put in in a game or two if, if Carr, you know, God forbid, was hurt. So uh, it's a tough problem. I think the Raiders have a lot of little issues, just like most NFL teams do in the era of the salary cap, where you got to figure it all out, and it's not that easy all the time. right? So so I don't disagree with you on some of it, but I, I do think that, look, if, if Derek Carr is your guy – then, then then, show it, right? Show it because, right. uh, but they have a year. I mean, that's the way I look at it too. I don't think it's a make or break year for Derek Carr per se. Uh, I thought that was last year and he, he cl- certainly stepped up. And so, so now you're in a position where who's going to back him up and what are you going to do? Like I said, I'd love to have Mariota there again because he adds something dynamic to the offense in relief, but at the same time, not an $11.6 million. $11. Yeah,
4: real, real quick, Scott. I would like, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, not yeah. Wentz. They didn't mm-hmm. win it with the Wentz. <laughs> it was Nick Foles. But their defense was legit. Yeah. If I, in my opinion, I'm keeping Carr. He knows the system inside and out.
3: Mm-hmm. You
4: focus on that defense for two years. And I believe that we can be
1: there. Yeah, there you go. I think there's a lot of people who agree with you. Brian, as always, thanks, man. Chris, you were going to say something.
0: Yeah, it's a real interesting conundrum, right? Because you have these top five quarterbacks who are all going to go in the first round, right? And then there's a pretty big drop-off, I think, to Mac Jones and Kyle Trask because I don't really look at either of those guys and say, yeah, I'm really comfortable with them running my offense if my starting quarterback goes down. I think you probably got to go out and find a journeyman, back up, yeah. Because I don't think Peterman's that guy who who you're going to trust your season with. But, mm-hmm. like, if you can get a guy like like Ryan Fitzpatrick somehow who and, and he falls to you, right? Because he's probably going to be looking for a home, especially if the Dolphins decide to keep two or, or they decide to trade for Deshaun Watson, right? Fitzpatrick's probably going to be the odd man out. And he's a pretty reliable backup. But the problem is you do have to look at drafting the replacement to Derek Carr at some point because he's not going to play forever. You have to groom a guy. To, to, to step in and, and fill that role when, when Carr does hang it up. And I don't know if this is the draft you do that because there's, there's like I said, there's those top five guys. And after that, there's there's a pretty big drop-off in quarterbacks. Like, there's no guy you're looking at saying, yeah, he's going to step in and be a pretty good pro. I mean, I think Trask will be okay, but I don't know if he's going to be a, a, a long-term option for any team. He might be a guy who's a reliable backup. Right. But I don't think he, and, and Mac Jones, right? I mean, not too many Alabama quarterbacks step in and become all pros.
1: No, no, you haven't seen that. And and I also, I mean, there's guys like Andy Dalton who are free agents. I mean, there's there's guys, and like I said, like a Tyrod Taylor. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else is out there, but there's a bunch of guys I've out always there. liked
0: Tyrod Taylor. I think Tyrod Taylor is a pretty decent quarterback. Again, not, right. not the guy going to lead you to the Super Bowl, but no. if Carr goes down, there's probably not anyone else within the organization who's going to lead you to the Super Bowl. And if there's a guy who's a free agent, it's because a lot of other teams don't think he can lead them to the Super Bowl.
1: Right. And and he's not a guy who does he doesn't turn over the ball a lot. So that's what you want. You know, if 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 like like we saw with Carr against the Chargers, if he goes out for a game, you want a guy who can come in who can can run your offense, not turn the ball over and at least give you a better chance to win than if you had somebody who wasn't as adept at that. So, um but yeah, no, I think I think there's going to be there's going to be some veteran free agents out there uh that that will be there for a lot less than 11.6 million dollars uh for the Raiders, but we'll have to see and, and that's the thing, you know, for all the, the ridiculous arguments that are around around Derek Carr and people like him or don't like him, um, I just don't see the Raiders moving on. I mean, I have my doubts a little bit on certain things, too, but I just I don't see them going out and making some big, massive splash deal where they're going to get a quarterback who is an equal or better than Derek Carr. I just don't see it happening. All right. We're going to switch gears now. We go out on the Newsmaker line and we bring in our good friend Jesse Merrick from News 3 Las Vegas. Jesse, how you doing on this Tuesday, man?
3: Yeah, I'm doing well. How about yourself, man?
1: Good, buddy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm watching. I, I saw you tweet out right before the show went out the Adam Sandler <laughs> video of him playing golf and, and, and kind of going back to the Happy Gilmore uh, drive off the tee. That was pretty fun times.
3: That was great. That's one of my all-time favorite movies as a kid. I I used to watch that all the time, so I got love for Adam Sandler. I wish his career wouldn't have tailed off like it did, but I'll, I'll sit back and watch any classic Adam Sandler movie any day, all day.
1: Oh, yeah. No, that was fun. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's it's making its way all the way around. Um, all right. So, Jesse, let's jump in with some Raiders stuff first. and Then we'll get to some Golden Knights uh, with the Raiders. You know, we keep we keep hearing and we've had a couple callers talk about it already today on the show. Marcus Mariota, uh, the Raiders. Clearly, there's interest out there in Marcus Mariota. So the Raiders could trade him. Um, I look at the situation and, and I think it would be the right thing to do for the Raiders if they can get a good return on it, even if it's a mid round draft pick because they got to free up that space. But trading Marcus Mariota with all that's going on with this quarterback carousel, there's all these names, then there's going to be a bunch of veteran free agent quarterbacks out there who are very decent and a couple guys we just talked about. Um, I don't think it's going to be as easy as, as people think it is to find Marcus Mariota a home via trade because a lot of these teams might say, well, why am I going to give up draft capital when I can wait and I can go get an Andy Dalton or somebody like that?
3: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think it is going to be tough, you know, when you think about the fact that you've got, okay, like five first-round quarterbacks this year in the draft, and then you've got all the movement going on in the NFL with the quarterback situation. I mean, you know, how many holes are going to be left? And then, you know, maybe you find that one team that misses out on both of those, whether it's with the draft or, or whatever. Or, well, I guess all this would happen before the draft, but, it's, you know, people that miss out on some of the big-name guys and take a shot on Mariota. But, again, what's the compensation going to be and All that. So I think it's definitely going to be tough. You know, where he goes, I I really don't know. You know, I mean, I know there's all this talk that people are interested. I'm really curious who those teams are and and why exactly they're interested because I I like Marcus, but I don't know that he's the starting quarterback again.
1: Yeah, I think there's 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 some 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 debate out there on whether or not you know I mean he had one nice game with the Raiders in relief of Derek Carr after the injury against Los Angeles, but at the same time, uh, here's a guy who's missed a lot of time due to injuries and obviously uh, out of his way out of Tennessee, uh, did, they lost confidence in him in, as a starter, uh, and the rest is history, so as they say. Uh, but when you look at that, yeah, there's there's going to be other options out there, and so I don't think it's it's a it's a foregone conclusion uh, for the Raiders to be able to find a home for him. Now, Jesse, when we talk about the Raiders too, clearly... This team has to address the defense. We've talked to you about it several times on this show. There's not going to be a, a combine. Uh, and so for me, I've really gotten on board with the thought that, yes, you got to look for defense in the draft, but I really believe the Raiders need to go get some veterans. What do you think the combination here is, especially in a year without that combine, without some of these guys even playing, you know, with opt-outs, with shortened seasons, with, with, with easier schedules for some of these teams who had to pick up games, uh, when other conferences didn't play early on. Uh, what's the right mix for this team in your view?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's the big question, right? Because whatever they do here in free agency is going to define how the draft kind of shakes up for them and, and what they do. You know, I mean, today, for instance, you know, I see that, uh, you know, the Panthers got rid of Kawan Short. You know, he's a guy that's got 273 career pressures, and that's 15th among all interior defensive linemen. And, you know, that's obviously top of list as far as needs go for them. Um, you know, so I think that's one guy to maybe take an eye on, you know, take a look at. Uh, there's been all this talk about Leonard Williams. I, I don't I, I don't like it. I, I, I know, mm. you know the stats are there, at least from this last year, but I, I just have a bad feeling about it, and I can't give you any good reason why. I just have a gut feeling that I, that won't work out if they were to do it. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, you look at the situation, there's not a lot of depth along the defensive line in the draft, um, you know, at least at the top end. I guess people have said it's a deep draft, but there's no top-end talent, uh, you know, in terms of an interior interior lineman. So I think they go for Barmore. I've said that with you. I've talked to Vinny about that. You know, I think that's the guy they got to go after, even if it's a bit of a reach there. But in terms of free agency, yeah, bring in some veteran guys. You know, maybe, again, the Kwon Shorts. Um, even a guy like maybe a Shelby Harris. You know, he's an underrated guy. Won't come in too expensive. And, uh, again, I think in pre-agency, in I think your top priority has to be to bring in a safety. Now, who that is, there's a lot of options, and there's a lot of money all over the place in terms of where the numbers could be on that. I heard you guys talking about Richard Sherman, and I had to talk today randomly in my car while I was driving. I think it would be a great fit to bring him in as a safety. I don't like him as a corner because then you take you know, you know take Mullen and you take uh, Arnett out of their development, and, and you kind of lose any, any you know growth and momentum that you have there in terms of figuring out what you really have in them. But I think bringing him in as a safety would be really interesting. Maybe he kind of takes on a bit of that Cam Chancellor role. I know Cam was more of a strong safety, but he's got that same kind of length and things like that. And he's got defense. I think that would be really interesting. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it almost seems like they're on a collision course to bring, to bring Sherman in. So we'll see what happens there because it seems like uh, Gruden's infatuated with him. But it's going to be really exciting to see how much of a player the Raiders really are.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And, and, and another guy on the Giants, actually Vinny mentioned it in a story I think earlier this week, was is Dalvin Tomlinson. There's a guy like you're talking about who can come in yeah. and play and play well, but he's not going to cost you what a Leonard Williams is going to cost you, uh, but would be an upgrade for them on the defensive line. Again, we're talking to Jesse Merrick from News 3 Las Vegas. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Jesse News 3 lv And Jesse, let's switch gears now to, to what's occupying most of your time uh, recently, and that, of course, is the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights are off to a 10-2-1 start. And what's really been remarkable for me about this team so far this year, Jesse, has been their ability to change styles. That has not been something that they've been able to do in previous seasons. But under Peter DeBoer this year, you're starting to see this Golden Knights team really adjust to who they're playing night in, night out. Again, the the win over the Avalanche on Sunday, a one nothing victory, was was one of those grinded-out games. And I'm just really impressed that this team is able to shift playing styles and do it so well
3: yeah no and that's a really like i'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that is a great point that's what makes them exciting to watch because they play in so many different ways you know if it's going to be a track meet you know you, you like their chances about in just about every game except for maybe the abs you don't really want to get into that trading chances thing with them <laughs> but they still do have speed up and up and down their lineup and then again if you got to play that defensive game well hey They just got the biggest free agent defenseman, you know, coming in with Alex Petrangelo, and he played his best game on Sunday. And, uh, you know, that's what you need him to do. You come up big in those big games against a guy like McKinnon and things like that when you're facing elite players. That's why you bring him in, and and he managed to do that well. And that was all without Theodore. You bring him back into the mix. Eventually, you know, Braden McNabb comes back. This team gets really interesting. We've seen on the defensive side for them uh, in that decor, a lot of the young guys getting some looks. And they played well over this time and, again, still managed to win. So they're still in a good position early on. And, you know, again, it is fun to watch them, you know, show how they can win in so many different ways and, and the scoring power that they have. And and really, when you think about it, outside of, you know, again, bringing in Petrangelo, it was never like they had anybody that was elite up until this year. You know, obviously, Marc-Andre Fleury. But in terms of the skaters, you no know, real elite guys. Mark Stone is so underrated. But now you bring Petrangelo into the mix, and you look at this lineup and you're like, wow, what – what can't
1: this group do? Yeah, no doubt, and that and that's the thing. Through all of the previous Golden Knights seasons, uh, including the first one when they got to the finals, that's the one thing that I was always, you know, the most critical about was just the defense and and having that premier defensive player. Now they have them, and then of course you get into the the last uh, last season in the bubble with the playoffs, and of course the controversy with Robin Leonard and Mark Andre Fleury and the whole social media posting by his agent by flurry's agent um and and we were wondering whether or not mark andre flurry would be here this year he's not only here but again sunday pitches another shutout his second uh and and boy i'll tell you what he doesn't seem to have lost anything and he's taking the most advantage of leonard being out and being able to really show the mark andre flurry that we had become used to really in those first two seasons
3: yeah, he has been unbelievable. And, and it's it's crazy to think, like you said, imagine if they traded him and Leonard goes down and they're playing with Dansk. They're not in this situation. I've got confidence in Dansk in the future, but he's not ready for that kind of action right now. And so, seeing what Fleury's done, I mean, he's been the best goalie in the league, the best regular goalie in the league uh, thus far that's playing at a consistent pace. And, uh, you know, the big thing that DeVore said was when Fleury's rested, You know, you're not going to get much better than him. And and he's managed to be, you know, very, very efficient in in having that rest and being able to play and everything like that because it was working with Leonard. Then Leonard goes down. He plays, I believe, four straight games and still tears it up in each of those ones. I think he's only allowed two goals in his last nine periods of hockey. I mean, he has been unbelievable. And so that brings in the really interesting thing of, okay, does that increase his trade value or does this show, hey, this is why we need him here that's why it's worth it to have, I believe, twelve million dollars invested into your goalies. You know, in a season like this, that's why you need it. So when Leonard comes back, and even he hasn't been that great this year, you know, you don't need him to be elite. You've got Flurry on those days, and they've managed to win even with Leonard back there not playing his best hockey. So once he figures it out, that goalie game is going to be unbelievable. But Flurry, man, it's been it's been a lot of fun to watch, and I hope he keeps it going because he's a guy that I'd love to see them, you know, keep through the year and then maybe have to make that decision at a later time, and he's making it tough on him for sure.
1: Yeah, and obviously the big news today, uh, Jesse, is Shea Theodore is coming back tonight against Colorado. Uh, Theodore has 10 points, 3 goals, and 7 assists in 10 games. He leads the Knights in defensemen as far as scoring goes. How big is that for him to come back? Because this series is a huge one. This, this might be a preview of the playoffs later on down the line.
3: Yeah. Oh, it's massive to have Shea back. I mean, he has gone. And when Petro first came back, we were all wondering, okay, they've got Petrangelo back. How much are they going to miss Shea? And at times they still did look very discombobulated there on the defensive end. And, you know, people, they were trading chances and you wonder, okay, do they miss Shea more than they did Petrangelo? I think, I think Shea is a very, very valuable piece. And, and what he brings to the team is you know, the way that he can move the puck and, and now he's grown and everything like that. And now having that one-two punch of Petrangelo and, um, you know, Martinez for now on the top defensive pairing and he put Theodore back there. I mean, that is a tough one-two punch to have to face in a defensive pairing. And then you got two young guys in Hagen Whitecloud that have played really well. So just, just what Shea provides, being able to roll him out there after Petrangelo is, uh, is a scary thing. And he's a guy that can also quarterback a, a power play as well. So you know, when the Knights go on the power play, you got two guys at Petrangelo and Theodore. That's going to be tough on teams. Uh, you know, the Knights just have to start hitting on that uh, with a little bit more regularity, and it's going, to be, it's going to be interesting. Once Petrangelo really does get his footing with this team, that pair of him and Shea is going to be a lot of fun to watch, and they're going to be a dangerous team, as they already are. Uh, and I think they still haven't even hit their stride And we're what, 13 games?
1: We lose you, Jesse? Yeah,
3: you got me? We... Oh, you got me. Oh, there
1: you are. Okay, good. Gotcha. Sorry, man. Sorry. Yeah, no, I'm excited for tonight's game, man. This is going to be fun. I have my whole night planned around it, uh, and certainly this night's team continues to be one of the bright spots in the National Hockey League. Enjoy the game tonight, Jesse, and thanks for being with us again. We'll talk to you next week, my man. All right. Sounds
3: good. Thanks, dude.
1: All right, there you go, Jesse Merrick from News Three, Las Vegas. You can follow him on Twitter at Jesse News Three LV. Good stuff, man. Always knows, knows his sports. You know, every once in a while, you know, Chris, uh, Chris, because Chris covers the Golden Knights as well. Um, you know, some sometimes you get in certain markets, you have TV, quote unquote, TV guys who do sports, but they don't really know their sports. They're kind of like news anchor. Like I, I'm, I'm always surprised
0: how good the folks on TV here in town. Know their sports. Yeah, it's amazing. It doesn't really matter what station you watch either, right? I mean, one yeah. of them doesn't have sports, so I guess we, we can throw them out. But I mean, Jesse and Brian Salmon and and Amber Dixon, they all do an amazing job over on Channel Three. And of course, you, you if you flip if five is more your thing, uh, Kevin Bollinger and Vince yep. Sapienza. Vince is is so sharp when it comes to hockey, and Kevin really knows his Raiders. I mean, that's that's good stuff. And then you could always tune on Channel Eight, and they've got some. Outstanding people over there as well, like Kevin e. Martin and, and Chris Matthews, who have been here. And I can't forget my, my guy, Ron Futrell. I mean, yes. those guys have been here. Chris and Ron have been in this town since, well, since Jerry Tarkanian was roaming the, the yeah. sidelines at, at the Thomas and Mack. I mean, that's how long the two of them have been here. So they know the local sports scene as good as anybody.
1: Yeah, Ron, since the late 80s and and uh, Ron's a good friend and yeah th- no they they all know their stuff it's 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 f- fantastic but Chris before we go to a break though too I mean I, I this series to me is huge for this team because I just think now I'm especially getting Theodore back today the way that Flory's been able to play um, you know to be able to kind of be on a nice hot streak as they face Colorado in this four game series the way the schedule is set up is massive for this team I think just to gain that momentum and that confidence
0: yeah it's it's a really big series because this is the team that you figure you're going to be battling for uh, a trip to the Stanley Cup final in Colorado. Yeah. Now, we should note the Avalanche are missing a couple of players. They're on the COVID list. Of course, they they were shut down much like the Golden Knights were mm-hmm. uh, because of COVID. And Kale McCarr may be coming back tonight. I'm not 100% totally sure on that, but I mean, he's a dynamic player. He might. The funny thing is, the Golden Knights have Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo, and Kyle McCarr might be the best defenseman on the ice tonight. I mean, it's yeah. certainly, it, that's how good he is, and he's only in his second full season as an NHL player, but Colorado is 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 a really, really good team. They're deep. They've got a lot of good players. Nathan McKinnon was a guy I thought should have won the the Hart Trophy, which is the MVP in the NHL for those who may not follow it as closely. I mean, he's he's a dynamic player. He's, he's so fast. He does everything the right way. Just a great, great player, but... Mark andre Fleury. I mean, it's like he found the fountain of youth. It's it's That's incredible. It, and a lot of people are saying that it may be because of a little tweak he made in his game. Goalie coach told him to sit back a little bit more in his net. And it seems that that he's been just phenomenal. And and look, Robin Leonard hit a, hit a little bit of a rough patch. But he's still a really good goalie as well. Golden Knights have really positioned themselves really well in that position. And, and like Jesse mentioned, yeah, Oscar Dansk is the third guy. And if he's called upon, he'll step in. A lot of people may not know. Oscar Dansk actually had the first shutout in Golden Knights history against Uh this Colorado Avalanche team. And uh, it was a 7-0 victory on Nevada Day, which is kind of cool. I I was at the game. I took my son that day. That's awesome. So you were there. I love the Nevada
1: Day matinee. Absolutely. It's
0: great. Great. we didn't
1: get one this year because of the damn covid but <laughs> oh, it'll be so great when, <laughs> hopefully when they bring over. it back uh all right we're going to take a break and when chris and i return we'll get back to the phone 702-365-9200 we are still talking raiders free agency draft marcus mariota trade as well as Golden knight Hockey's. whatever you want to talk about we uh chris and i will talk to you about that this is silver and black today only on raider nation radio
0: from Stabler to Plunkett and Allen to Jacobs, we've got your Raiders covered on Silver and Black today. Here are your hosts, Scott Gulbranson and Q Myers.
1: Welcome back. Silver and Black today, closing out hour number one. When we come back from the top of the hour, we'll get back to your call, 702-365-9200. You're the GM. You tell me what the Raiders need to be working on right now as far as free agency getting ready for the draft. By the way, a quick note. uh, Mark Davis, as you know, bought the Las Vegas Aces of the WNBA, and he's not done. He built... A stadium here, he built the Raiders practice facility and headquarters, and now right next to the Raiders practice facility on Raiders Way in Henderson, Nevada, he is going to build a 50,000 square foot facility to house the Aces practice facility, offices, training room, And lockers. So Mark Davis, not done building things here in the Las Vegas Valley, as you know, a lot of people thought, well, WNBA team, he's what is that like a a tax write off for him? No, he's committed. He wants this team to win and to be to have a home because right now that that poor team is uh, they have offices at UNLV or they practice at UNLV. They have offices in an airport hangar. Yeah, an airport hangar. Yikes! Uh, so, so yeah, exactly, Chris. So Mark Davis is putting in money on this WNBA stuff. He's not.
0: He's not just dabbling. He's all in, man. Yeah, and he he's been at. I mean, when we were actually allowed to go to games, I would go because I I enjoy. Actually, you know what? I I wasn't sure if I was going to be a fan of the WNBA or not. I'm not the hugest NBA fan either, so it's not okay. like it's it's one of those things. It's it's just I just. I prefer the college game to to uh, the professional game, but I started going to the Aces games, and I was like, you know what? First of all, watching Bill Lambeer on the sidelines is, <laughs> is worth the price of admission alone, especially when he gets angry. Because yeah. it's just like when he was a member of the Bad Boys back in the late 80s, early 90s. But I don't know how many people know the name Asia Wilson. She is phenomenal. She She's a dynamic personality, but she's a really, really great player. And then they have Liz Cambage, who's Australian. And uh, yes. she's she's got quite the personality as well. So um, they, they've they – and, of course, Kelsey Plum, who was who a phenomenal player in college. But I, I enjoyed going to the Aces games. I know Mark Davis was there as a fan, sitting courtside at almost every single game. I know he's been a big supporter of the team. So it's really cool that – This team and Mark Davis are really making a home here in Southern Nevada and putting down on their flag. They're saying, you know what? Yeah, this is our home. Mark Davis has now become an owner of two professional sports franchises in this city. He's now made it his home. I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's a great time to be a Las Vegas sports fan and in large part because of Mark Davis. Yeah, so
1: much going on. Okay, we're going to take our top of the hour break. When we come back, we get back to Raider Nation. we got a caller online, our good man Rossi from Australia will be first up. You can be after him, 702-365-9200 is the Raider Nation radio listener hotline. Only here with Chris and Scott on Silver and Black today on Raider Nation Radio.